our gate crashing gang gets to getting going this week on the Hapless Heroes. I curse you for dropping the word dinghy before I had the opportunity to. Hello and welcome to the Hapless Heroes. My name is Dave, and I will be your host and dungeon master for this evening. Yeah. Let's uh, go around the table and start by introducing our cast to my oh, to my immediate right. So we have uh, Francesco as the fabulous Felix Fizzlebottom. I have a plan. To his right, we have John as Lord Jarrell the Light. One gate down. To his right, we have Mike as Lord and Captain Quinn Southwind. Forward team! And to his right, we have Phil as Hedrick the Entertainer. All right. So as we last left our party, we were blasting through the gates of some town on the coast at the very southern end of this uh, Tri-Nation Peninsula here, um, out towards uh, Blood Bay, sort of equidistant between the Kingdom of the Sea Lords and the Derekeen Protectorate. Yeah, uh, and we literally just crashed through the gates as zombies are like, you know, bursting out of the woods behind us, which is fun. Yes. And as you blast through the gates and uh, the earth and uh, woodwork pile up around, um, you can kind of, uh, well, you can't see too much through the um, smoke and uh, fog now or whatever debris cloud is inevitably kicked up from uh, what you guys are doing. I can't see it not being the case. Sort of a destructive act here. Yeah, I can't. I, I, I just don't imagine that you can crash through a gate in any sort of subtle way. I mean, we didn't really do subtle anyway, so... Yeah, we are certainly not a group that does subtle well. Yes. Um, let's see. Um, well, this is this is a crash. Uh, we should um, let's have everyone make a nominal dexterity uh, check. Or um, dexterity save. Oh, sure. Cool. Really good at those. Yep. Twenty-two for me. All right. Well, uh, Hedrick seems to be quite nimble. Uh, let's see. Um, Felix, what do you have? Six. Six. Okay. Uh, let's see. Um, Jarrell, what do you have? Seven. Okay. And uh, I see by the uh, hands that uh, Quinn is doing, uh, what is it? Uh, I got a nat 20. Yeah, baby. Ooh. Okay. So whereas um, Hedrick and especially Quinn are quite nimble in uh, uh, the five Ds of uh, surviving any sort of ground crash... Um, unfortunately, Jarrell and uh, Felix don't have it quite so well and are launched forward about 20 feet out of the front end of uh, this uh, cart. Oh, and, uh, knocked out of it? Damn it. Yes, you are slightly... 
ever so slightly, modestly, partially, but not entirely gently ejected. So since I got a nat 20, I'm doing like cartwheels during all of this? Is that what's happening? <laughs> uh, yes, we can figure out how you do uh, in a second, but I, I've, got a, I've got a thing for a little bit of misery right now, so. Fair enough. Uh, yes, you do, do both take four bludgeoning damage as you Super. are pitched out of the cart. Oh, a nominal 1d4 is fine. Not like I'm putting anybody in combat right now. I don't have rule 20 or character sheets going. I'm certainly not doing this all by hand. But we're out of the cart? Uh, yes, the two of you are out of the cart. And uh, let's see, uh, Hedrick, you are uh, firmly in the cart. And uh, Quinn, you can describe however it is you want uh, your exit from this cart. Sir, so like the momentum, right? I just kind of like do like a backflip as things are kind of coming to a stop. And I backflip onto the edge of the, what is it, like a basket kind of thing, right? And I just kind of, uh, yeah, I just keep backflipping until I hit the ground. <laughs> With your feet. Da, 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 da. I, feel, I feel like um, the people in the basket are literally just like clapping. They are. <laughs> They're clapping. A couple of otherwise quite stunned, um, uh, but otherwise uh, definitely ragged looking folk in the town um, are also mildly clapping while they've just dropped their pitchforks that they were holding at the gates. Oh, yeah. there were soldiers guarding the gates there? Well, I mean, soldiers is a really strong term. People with pitchforks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is what you get when you ask for Quinn Southwind. A rescue and... A Nobody show. asked for Quinn Southwind. <laughs> a rescue and a show. <laughs> oh, bravo. Are there like people like whispering to each other? Be like, who asked for this? Did someone ask for this? Yeah, can we hold? Nobody asked for Quinn Southwind as a possible uh, title. <laughs> they are so impressed right now. They really are. They are quite impressed. Um, is the cart still moving, or is it at a dead stop? No, the cart has ground to a dead stop. As it is, the front is almost entirely like right up to what would be the gunnel if it were a ship, buried in like wood and earthworks that it just blasted through on its way into town. Um, Jarrell stands up, dusts himself off, um, says, Hello, uh, we are here to evacuate these fine people from the city to the, was it the northwest? And as, um, once you get to the words city to, the air opens up with the most deafening roar you can imagine. And I'd like everyone to make a constitution saving throw. Oh, Jesus. Oh, great. Yeah, I thought it was a roar because of how awesome I am, but it's not. <laughs> no, it's so entirely loud that it takes up the entire air and you cannot immediately identify it. I have a seven. I am going to dice shame my uh, digital dice. <laughs> All right. I have an eight. Okay. Uh, let's see. Quinn, what do you have? I have a 16. A 16. And uh, Felix, what do you got? I have an 11. An 11. Well, uh, yeah, so Felix and Quinn, um, it's super loud, but not that bad. Um, Jarrell and Hedrick. Um, oh, wait. Uh, Hedrick, what, what did you get again? 
a seven. I rolled a five plus two. Well, you're too. I think you're too far away from me anyway. Because if you're if you're thirty feet away from me, you can add my um, what plus four. Well, let me figure out exactly where. Oh, your aura. The two of you might not be deafened. You're not quite deafened, but your ears are going to be ringing for the next five to ten minutes. Okay. Where did that roar come from? The smoke from your entrance into town is blown away by the kinetic force of a gigantic mess of cannonballs flying over your heads and obliterating the front ranks of zombies charging at the gates. The source of which is the largest ship any of you, including you, Captain Quinn Southwind, have ever seen in your life. In the water. Oh, so that was in friendly. In the water. Okay. Moored about 100 cool. yards or so you would estimate from the wharf, which is not far away. This is not a large town at all. And we'll get to it in a moment. Is a ship somewhere about one and a half to twice the size of the USS Constitution. It is a 600 foot dreadnought with something like 75 cannons facing the side you're on. Oh my God. Just like unleashing, like unleashing naval hell. This would probably be um, the Sea Lord's ship, correct? Well, um, we can make uh, let's um, let's make history checks, Quinn, at advantage. For Quinn, yes, recognizing his own sister's ship. <laughs> well, to be fair, he only recently learned she was his sister. A history, right? A history check, you said. Yes, history check for everybody at, at advantage. And yeah, Quinn in advance. So it's a 26. Oh, okay. A 26. Well, yes, you would obviously know your sister's flagship. That's my appropriately named Southwind. Two 20s on that advantage roll. (laughs) I I wasn't an advantage, but I got two 20s actually clicking the wrong thing. That was a waste. Great. I also know that it's Quinn's sister's ship. Yes, (laughs) it is. Yes, you know everything about it. I don't know what kind of a naval fanboy apparently you were, but you read the Wikipedia article on this thing, and it is the largest ship in the world. It is the flagship of uh, the uh, Lady Tessa Southwind's personal navy. So, Hedrick, it's uh, your lady's ship there. Okay, yes. all right. Darrell, you would also know that... Um, just because it is her flagship does not mean that she commands this ship. Oh, right. <laughs> she has a flag admiral for that. She commands the Navy. Um, so Hedrick's like putting his loot over his shoulder as he's like climbing out of the people mover. He's still very much with the people and trying to at least get them out of that and get ready to move. But then he sees the ship and for a moment, his other hand just goes right to his chest and he just grips the ruffles of his shirt. As he reaches half mast himself, <laughs> uh, he is a flutter, um, and then he is reminded of the people once again, and the fact that we're weren't we supposed to get a that doctor? All right, people, come with me. All right, everybody. All right, we got to move. Just stay together. Stay together. Stay with your loved ones. Come on, we're going to move quick. Going to see my woman. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like you're the only one who actually like feels that like maybe like you think this is a relationship and like she's you know just like that was fun. I guess we'll. Uh, 
Hedrick, if she's uh, anything, if she's anything like Quinn, she definitely does not look at you anything other than another guy. Well, <laughs> Hedrick carries himself uh, with experience. He does not consider himself by any means a womanizer. His ability is to understand the female, and he finds Tessa as the greatest challenge. I wouldn't call myself a womanizer. I'd call myself a woman appreciator. A personizer. <laughs> no, I think that it's the eyeser <laughs> part. That it's, I, I think, yeah, like the issue. Oh, boy. Well, he, I guess calling it personizing really takes something out of the message. <laughs> that's, that's another good know. point. Yeah. I guess that's, that's what I'm trying to establish is that um, this is no uh, fleeting fancy. For you. Like, yeah, yeah. He's looking at it like, finally, I think there might be something here. Oh my god. <laughs> There's not. Um, so, as <laughs> Hedrick's kind of leading the people, uh, Jarrell stands kind of by the front of the gate where the people that will be exiting the people mover to make sure that none of them can be afraid and they keep moving forward. <laughs> and they go forward without fear while this dreadnought out in the water periodically blasts the oncoming hordes, keeping something of a bubble of safety around the town. Are there any other ships um, at sea there, or is it just this flagship? Um, we'll make a perception check. I'm putting this die back in the bag. It hasn't gone above a 10 this whole time. Perception was, uh, yeah, a 10. A ten. I mean, you have to you have to actually like stop and squint for a second because the sheer size of this ship is dwarfing the other ships in the area, of which there are actually a considerable number ferrying the last of the civilians out of this town as we speak. Wow. So I think as uh, the people are filing out and getting up to Jalrel, Hedrick's going to play somewhere to try to keep them a little bit in spirit even though there's this big concussive noise like periodically happening, you're going to hear like the slight little interludes of, um, well, a dedication. This tale is tragic as life sometimes is. It's easy to lose your head in this biz. The story repeats again and again. So sit back and listen about the red shirt named Ben. Oh, poor Ben. Oh. <laughs> I mean, poor Ben. He has a whole song about him. Yeah, he's dead. I don't think the song makes up for being dead. <laughs> his courage was mightier than that of his skills. It bolstered his spirit and strengthened his will. And aided an ally which evade him yet still. His honor lives on because he was killed. <laughs> <laughs> wow what a very nice and, and, so and, and to think that Dave wanted us to just forget about these red shirts and not place any stock in the lives of these 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 beautiful characters that we've created come on no, no. once we got a hold of squeaky Jim we knew that they all had to <laughs> I accepted a long time ago that it, it's gonna be weird with attachment you guys gonna attach to you know throwaway characters and even, you know, really well-built-up ones can get pushed to the wayside because there's no accounting for a good chaotic group here. Right. Um, 
Should we be unmooring the five o'clock shadow? So it's not. Oh, oh, is it eleven o'clock? Oh, eleven o'clock shadow. Yeah. Yeah. What's the five o'clock? The eleven o'clock shadow. shadow? Uh, that's a good question. Should you be? Probably I think we if should all be. the people are off the thing, like this thing has done its job, and we need to get the hell yeah. out there. Yeah. All right. So uh, these are some pretty thick chains, and they are very permanently attached on your end. Oh, so, right. how um, do you choose to uh, do this? Give the command to the airship to release the chains and pick us up. Yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, so, Jarrell will walk to the communication. What we the? Don't even, little... like, yeah, what? Like, I don't even, we, we've never even. I think we've, we've just made this such a vague thing that I have I, no I idea what the communication is. I picture like the Dixie Cups. Like the Dixie Cup. <laughs> chain well, connection. <laughs> Hedrick's going to take the Dixie cup and attach it to his amplifier on his wrist and then hold mm-hmm. his arm up to Jarrell so that he can speak into it. I think I love that so much. Yeah. It was like this entire yeah. thing, this 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 communication device, so to speak, was literally like it was something strung up and down the chain so that mm-hmm. we could communicate back and forth. Yes. Yeah. Brilliant. Brilliant. I love oh, it. Yeah. I mean, that's the kind of hackery we would do. Magic fiber optics. <laughs> yep. Jarell, but it's still got to be tethered. <laughs> <laughs> and Jarrell just says up to the, uh, the bridge, uh, unhook the mooring cables. Prepare to depart. Ooh, yeah. Unhook the mooring cables. Yeah. Has uh, Jarrell actually discussed anything with Macho Man, Jed Dim? <laughs> Angry Jed. Uh, Right. Angry Jed, I um that's a good question. Uh you've probably got a one, two, three, and that uh, uh connection is now severed as the uh chains have been cut loose. Right, like would he recognize that as the same human being he had discussed anything with prior? That's a been... great question, and it's a little late for it now. Right, yeah. right. Jed Dim likes to fly fast, and he cares very little for things like consequences. See, <laughs> consequences is about to be a bit of a deal, as I don't think uh, any of you guys really took into account exactly how much those chains weigh. Oh, God, are they just dropping? Yes, they are. Oh, no. Uh... Um, does anybody have a passive perception better than 15? No. Nope. Nope. Hmm. Um, hmm, he says, hmm. You can all make perception checks then. Okay. Jesus Christ. I hate perception checks. I'm so bad at perception checks. It's a 12 for Hedrick. Also a 12 for Felix. All right. Uh, Hedrick, Felix, let's see, Jarrell, what do you got? 14. 14 for Jarrell. And how about Quinn? 22. You hear the almost almost entirely stereotypical cartoon whistling sound first. It's like meteoric sound as this thing is plummeting now towards the ground. Yeah, I mean, just the first, the first sound effect out of the stock files. Oh, they're playing fireworks for me. No, no. <laughs> no. You do hear that whistling sound uh, straight up ahead of you. And all those people, all the people are off the people mover, correct? I, the I, people are off the people mover. Yeah. You have ushered them off, and I believe you were the last ones in that immediate area. Yeah, that's why we're disconnecting it. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Fire in the hole! 
Okay, so you do notice what's going on and inform everyone else then? I do. Uh, right. shit. So yeah, you all might want to get a move in. Um, the road ahead of you, and in fact all the roads in this area are... Um, they're all wooden planks in various uh, levels of repair, and all of the ground in the area is a soggy, sodden silt. So all of the built, the buildings are built on stilts. Oh, okay. what? Ooh. Well done. Ooh. I appreciated that, Dave. And that felt good. That, saying that was, it. and you did it. You like you no screw ups. Nice job. <laughs> um, I'm well because I have shorter legs than most here. I'm gonna be sticking to the uh, wooden planks as best as I can. Is that like you know? Yes, and it's actually very easy to is it's just the road straight ahead, and you'll see what looks like possibly an inn on your left, about fifty feet ahead, and on your right, some sort of uh, general uh, building. It doesn't really have too much for windows. You can't tell what it is. And uh, once you get kind of past those buildings, the road kind of continues ahead and then off to the right. All right. Well, we want to be heading. We need to get to it like an open area to yeah, get picked up. Yeah. Like you can get straight to the wharf, more or less going straight ahead. Um, I say we stick to going straight ahead. I'm going to turn my head at the, you know, t- t- towards that building just to like understand, you know, why it was so, you know, mentioned. Uh, the one on the right, just yeah. because I happen to actually have a map and I want to describe everything on the map. Oh, okay. So just like a, like a larger building, you know? Okay. Yeah, okay. just sort of a building. You don't know what that one is, but the one on the left uh, looks like a bit of an inn. And as you get closer, you can see a sign outside that says the Smashed Skull. Okay. Cool. Does there appear to be citizens? Um, there are fewer citizens than you would expect as many are leaving. Okay. But it looks like this is sort of uh, one of the last days of evacuations, that this town was here, and then the, the Sea Lord Navy sort of set up some encampments around here to evacuate people, and now it's just about this town left, and uh, the Southwind is the last naval ship in the area, outside of uh, just the everything else evacuating people out of here. The Hedgehog at least let out a shout. Hey, if there's any of y'all left in there, if you was waiting for the last minute... This is it. It's time to go now. <laughs> he's just, he's, he's trying not to look back except for ushering like the rest of those people out and trying to move as swiftly as he can with the group. Good call. Yep. Good call. And um, so a few things uh, happen. First, the uh, chains towards the front of the people mover impact the ground. The ones at the back do as well, but those are way further back, so they don't really impact your life all that much. They but don't. the ones at the front, those uh, those are sort of a little bit more relevant, and they do demolish the entire front of the people mover and a whole lot of the stuff in the area, launching a few of the, um, the wooden poles that made up the uh, rampart around this place, as, you know, old-timey forts tend to do, and flinging them inwards. Oh, God. Great them hitting the near uh, short wall of the uh, smashed skull and obliterating it entirely. Well, I mean, now it's really living up to its name. We are not good to ends. Well, uh, oops. Ew. 
And, you know, obviously this was part of the plan. Um, totally expected that to happen. It's a key, key part of the plan. Yeah, We can't absolutely. go to any town without destroying their inn. <laughs> uh, I can't. It's, it's, it would go over your heads why this was important that this happened exactly the way it did, but it, 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 this is exactly why it happened. So. Um, so a drawl out from the door of this inn as you guys are passing it, and just as all this has happened, as what's that y'all talking about? This be going over my head. You blasted <laughs> in the door. You blasted in the wall of my inn. And with what sounds like a southern drawl, um, a very large man steps out of the door of the smashed skull. He's big. He draws a bit. And he definitely has more than just a little bit of a greenish cast to his skin. Greenish cast? Yes. As this guy is pretty clearly a half orc. I heard the okay. air quotes there. All right. Um, well, I'm going to say, so sorry. Uh, you know, it, it, this is a chaotic time. The undead are upon us. Uh, I'm sure that we can, you know, find some way to, you know, get you back on your feet. Just you can't do it here, man. <laughs> I don't reckon I plan on going anywhere else. Even if it means the undead are going to descend upon you like the ravenous horde they are. Son, you don't open a bar like this in a place like this and not expect to get into the occasional tussle. This is not your occasional tussle. This is this is this is an un never before seen invasion like large-scale invasion of the undead that like you are this is this is no longer a safe place to be for anyone Quinn grabs uh, Felix and says you can't argue with the ignorant well no. I mean do, do you want to attempt to persuade him I do all right because he looks like if he's if this dude is like if this dude is this gritty and like willing to stand and fight he might be at least you know like so, someone who would we would want to keep around Useful. because he his you know exactly his his efforts could actually go to somewhere good instead of wasted here. Oh, crap! The, now I got to develop this character. Are you recruiting him? I'm not recruiting him. I'm just convincing him, imploring him to get the fuck out of Dodge because this is this is not a this is this is about to not be a town anymore. Right, staying there is suicide. It's suicide, right? And I can't in my heart of hearts, whatever's left of Felix's heart, uh, <laughs> allow that to happen. All right. Jesus fucking Christ, these dice. Uh, thankfully, I have a lot of a bonus to that because that's a 13. <sighs> well, I mean, this place wasn't much of a town to begin with. You sure I can't smash at least a couple of skulls before we go? I can promise you that there are an infinite number of skulls to smash in the coming days, months, weeks. It's better you you live to fight another day by coming with us now. And what's your name, friend? And uh, he is, he did, he only rolled a seven. He is convinced by this. He sighs heavily 
reaches his hand just inside of the door and pulls out an axe whose haft is as long as the door. It's a double-bladed axe where the edges are probably a good two feet apart. It's big even for this guy, but at least he makes it look somewhat proportional. They calls me Frecken. All right, Frecken. Frecken, do you like Reckon? Ha, ha, ha. You're a man after my own heart. <laughs> what about necking? Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I don't know how to put this to you delicately. <laughs> you ain't my type. Well, uh, we do roll with a with the Aarakocra on board, so I hope you don't mind a little pecking. <laughs> God damn it. God damn it. That's that's great. Alright, let's go. <laughs> yep, and we just keep moving towards um the the, the waterfront. All right, so uh, the two of you continue down, to, or, well, the group of you, your group, now in the addition of the large Frecken, yeah, formerly one Frecken. the uh, proprietor and barkeep of the Smashed Skull, which should really tell you almost everything you needed to know about him right there. Can we call it the Smashed Smashed Skull? Well, it's the former Smashed Skull, okay. The twice Smashed Skull? <laughs> oh, I like that. <laughs> <laughs> Hang on to that one. Someone's got a talent for making bar signs. I might need that made for the next place I'll land. It's the least we can do for the uh, incidental destruction of your of your livelihood here. Incidental? Accidental? incidental. My entire livelihood has been destruction up until here. Hoping to take a break from it, enjoy a little bit of a retirement, you know, maybe keep a little roadhouse for a bit, but not much past that. Seems like the world has other plans for us. <sighs> speaking of plans, <laughs> yeah, speaking of plans, the plan is to get the hell out of here. Yeah, we should go. All right, so, uh, the ch- uh, so yes, you guys continue down the street. Um, you know, uh, things sort of turn ever so slightly to the right on the uh, on the path going towards the wharf. And as you uh, pass another building on your right, that would have been just across that other street from uh, the other building. It's not important. Uh, things sort of open up into a much larger uh, open wooden area. And past that, something of a uh, rickety sinking into the swamp on, well, swinking in. Yeah, sinking into the silt on one end and seaside on the other uh, is a rickety boardwalk sort of uh, construction, if you'd call it that. It's not very big, 600 feet long. You know, about as long as the ship moored 100 yards off from it. Um, Do we... I was going to say, is there like a little boat that we can... A dinghy, oh, I curse you for dropping the word dinghy before I had the opportunity to. Yes, I win! <laughs> this round. <laughs> so there is a dinghy. I love I mean, how could I resist? 
There might right. be a um, bit of small boat. Yes, there's a small boat, and if it's the opportunity for a dinghy versus something else, I'm going to take the dinghy because I don't know anything better than dinghy. And now I've used it enough where it sounds weird and I've ruined it. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's get into this dinghy. Are we not able to uh, send a ladder down and climb into our own ship? Did you ask Jed Dim to do it? We did not ask him to do that. I mean, I did say that we needed him to pick us up, but I didn't really, we didn't really specify. So you know what? Screw it. Let's just get on this ship. Like the airship yeah. can make it back. The airship can make it back. This is a fun ship too. I feel like we can uh, we can squeeze some fun out of this. I, I enjoy this, especially when it uh, was made clear to me because I had some of this invented first, and then uh, we tacked on the fact that it was in fact Tessa's navy. All right, so uh, yes, um, there is a dinghy down by the water, and it seems to be—it uh, seems to be unattended. Don't need to have it attended. I figure at least just there's we have someone right here who knows how to operate boats of all sizes, large and small. <laughs> I don't discriminate. Oh, that could be fun later. Something, something, motion of the ocean. Rise of the All tide. right, so um, yes, the uh, dinghy in question is uh, maybe about 300 feet uh, to the right as you uh, reach the water side. Okay, I mean, I'm just going to hop on. I'm small, so. All right, so is that what everybody else does? How far is definitely heads that way. How far is it to the other side? Um, how far is it from where you, uh, from where you guys come out to the boardwalk to this ship is about 300 feet. Okay. The area looks pretty deserted. It's just the five of us with it? So the four of us? Yes, it is now just the five of you. Yes, the four of you plus Frecken. Wait, where's Dilbertrum? We're not supposed to know he's there. That's a good question. Um, <laughs> we're supposed to pretend he's not there. Yeah. yeah he, he is with you, though. Sure. So it's the six of you, but you really, really don't notice him until he's mentioned. I mean, he's just a part of me in my own head, so... Felix, haven't you just noticed that when we don't pay attention to him, he's fine? Like, nothing happens to him. Right. And he's always there, always working. Just ignore it, man. It'll be okay. If he can't get in this boat, maybe he'll find another one. Hell, he's got to be a clever fella. I look over to him as they're saying these things about him. He's like, I know that we're supposed to pretend like he's not there, but I can't help but think, like, what is this he person... He's a little defeated right now. Right, like, what has this person had to do? So just to respect him as a professional, okay? Just do this for me, Felix. It'll be okay. I mean, I do respect him as a professional, which is why I'm trying to make sure that he, you know, can, can I mean, he has to continue to do his job. If we if we come back somewhere and he's not with us, I don't want to deal with the consequences of losing the stooge. If I can't get you to pretend I'm not here, can I at the very least ask you to give me the courtesy of not calling me a stooge directly to my face. On the ship, stooge. Oh, <laughs> come on. 
We never asked for him. <laughs> he just slumps a little bit lower. <laughs> I really would just love some fan write of uh, Dilbert Trump's journals, like just little snippets. Right. <laughs> um, can one hundred and twenty-seven? They still won't call me by my name. <laughs> Dilbert Trump is just going slowly insane at this point. His he he, he suffered ego death like six weeks ago. He's done. Um, right, yeah, on the pont- I'm sorry, onto the dinghy. I almost called it a pontoon. Silly me. Yeah. So everybody does uh, board the dinghy and... Um, well, well Jarrell would like to look at the dinghy to make sure that this dinghy has no visible holes or is in actually seaworthy condition. That's fantastic. Considering um, that nobody and- else got on this particular dinghy in a mass evacuation. Is the dinghy floating in water right now? The dinghy is moored to uh, to the uh, to a little uh, pier coming off of the boardwalk. Sure. It appears to be floating. Although, if uh, someone uh, wants to investigate further, it would take a check. Now, I suck at these, but I'm also the only one of us who would probably drown if this thing went down. So uh, I feel like Hedrick would like to investigate uh, because not the captain, cap- right? Not even the not not even the person who knows about boats. This man does not give a shit. <laughs> it's everyone else looking into it. And uh, Hedrick is eager to learn. <laughs> which, uh-huh. which I, I just <laughs> learn everything you can about boats so you can sound like you know what you're talking about when you're hanging out with Tessa. Is that what you're saying? So I would like to inspect the dinghy. Um, if there are the uh, slots for two oars, I want to get a good look at it. Maybe get a look at the underside. You know. All right. So you inspect the underside of this dinghy. <laughs> Real close. How are you inspecting the All up in there. The, the part where it's actually, like, you know, in the water. I would try to, like, roll this little dinghy over to, like, look at the bottom of it. I mean, if you're using it right, the whole thing gets wet. Okay, you know, this is... We have gone to... I just... Have we gone to great lengths? <laughs> you know, one person can do the job, but it really is better with two. All right, I'll, I'm actually already on the dinghy, so I'll, I'll help. <laughs> oh, I, yeah. <laughs> what yeah. Of you oh, sorry, Felix. I didn't see you there. <laughs> um, does it appear to be sound? I rolled 10 plus 4, 14. Um, there's a little bit of water in the bottom, but, um, well, you're not really a boats guy, so you can't tell the difference between leakage and bilge. Hmm. But there's water in it. Not a lot, but, you know, water. If I were to cast Mending on this, even without having the uh, intimate knowledge of boats and and sea crafts, uh, would I be able to mend it? What is the wording of Mending? Let me pull it up. Nice little cantrip. Mm Mm-hmm. Little small thing I picked up. Amazingly underrated cantrip. You're an underrated cantrip. Oh no, I can't be used on demand. I'm too old for that. It takes a minute. 
So it's going to take 60 seconds for me to look this thing over. I have to be able to touch it. It repairs a single break or tear in an object you touch, such as a broken chain link, two halves of a broken key, a torn cloak, a leaking wineskin. As long as the break or tear is no larger than one foot in any dimension, you mend it, leaving no trace of the former damage. The spell can physically repair a magic item or construct, but the spell can't restore magic to such an object. I don't see anything that prevents you from being able to mend any and all holes, one foot or less. And this thing, having only a little bit of water, doesn't have any holes that are greater than one foot. I feel okay. like you'd have found that pretty easily. Great. All right. Now let's get the hell on this thing and to the ship. Yes. Quinn, this will support all five of us, correct? You know what, fellas? Uh, if, if it's all the same, I could just uh, arrive on board, you know, Lickety split, high and dry, if you know, catch my drift. I don't understand what you're saying at all. Um, I, did, I did see him turn into a bird once. I believe you've seen me do this uh, once or twice. And he can just pull out his loot and bring, and he will dimension door 300 oh. feet away, right up onto the edge of the ship, and uh, slap down onto the deck, stand and say, I'm looking for the captain. All right, we are going to pause Hedrick for just a moment, and we're going to go to the rest of the crew who uh, are a little bit too far away to see clearly unless they've got some sort of way to see off into the distance. I mean, not really. No, but I believe he could have taken one of us. So my, he could have. <laughs> right. He could have. Like me, the one that's afraid of drowning. That's, and you're also probably the heaviest. Oh, yeah. Oh. Me, me, me. I'm I'm afraid of dying. I wear the armor. <laughs> yes, that's why he wears the armor. It's called prudence. Oh my god. is really facing his worst enemy. I I don't know. Like I would say I, I would assume the dinghy would be able to carry all four of us. The only one I'd be concerned about would be Jarrell and his armor. Well Um, is there any check roll skill or anything you're basing uh, this knowledge upon? I mean my naval ability. Yeah, I don't know how you want to quantify that because I would say this day you could easily carry off with you. Okay, then then yeah. Yeah, I think we're just I think we're we're creating our own problems here. Right. Okay. Yeah, like nobody asked whether the dinghy was big enough to carry everyone. So this dinghy's huge. So it's really just Pharrell's <laughs> fear of drowning. If I didn't ask, we would have gotten into a dinghy with a floating ho or a hole in it already. So. We, don't, <laughs> you we don't actually know yeah. if there was a hole. Yeah, we do. Oh, yeah, no, there there would have been, well, it's strongly implied there would have been holes, and it would have been fun storytelling, but instead there was a clever use of mechanics. It there would were have clever been, uses of mechanics it by have, not sinking the boat. It would have been fine. Oh, it would have been fine no matter what. I'm not going to TPK the party by drowning them. That's stupid as hell. Like, if I'm going to TPK you guys, I'm going to earn it. <laughs> All right, so we all get in the boat, the dinghy. And we go yeah, the so boat. you guys get in the boat, and you can uh, start uh, making your way towards this large oh, oh, naval wait. vessel out on the water. 
I I have navigations tools, and I'm gonna assume that I've got those like like arm floaties, and I hand them to Jarrell. I'm sorry. You would assume that the arm floaties are part of navigators' tools? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> what the hell, sea captain? Are you? Well, I don't have them. I don't need them. It's for people like who who I have like Jarrell, who might be afraid of drowning. <laughs> Did the demos he uses before his pre uh, like pre voyage like safety lesson? You know where he's right. like. <laughs> I don't see them being. This could be used as a flotation device. <laughs> I don't actually see them being you know useful what? at all, but it's more mental. It's a mental thing. I feel like I'm helping calm Jarrell's nerve. I'm going to take this as an idiosyncrasy of growing up a son of the original Captain Southwind, who was himself a weird enough dude, where he would include arm floaties in a uh, pack of navigators tools because no other sea captain would do that because arm floaties are not a part of navigators tools in any other reality. And I just want to make it clear that uh, Jarrell is not afraid of drowning. He just knows that a, a couple hundred pounds of armor equals drowning in water. <laughs> um, so now I imagine that Jarrell has two little yellow duck floaties on his biceps. Yes. <laughs> And I'm going to say that they're, I don't know, whatever the lowest level of magical item is, and that they the only property they have that is magical is that they will always expand to properly fit your arms, no matter how big the arms are or how much armor is on them. So wait, now they've turned into magical arm floaties? I'm awesome. Yeah, uh, flavor magical. Yeah, flavor don't magical. Get too far in it. I love flavor magic. Flavor magic, best magic. So yeah, to the to the ship. Although yes, as, as, we, the sh as, as we as we you know float on this dinghy towards the boat, I would like uh, so that you know I can show how cool I am too. Uh, I'm gonna as soon as we are 60 feet from the boat, I'm gonna use far step and teleport myself to the uh, to the bridge of the ship. Okay, good. So we're gonna cut away from. Uh, so Felix has also teleported himself. You've teleported right to the bridge. Okay, I so Patrick uh, mentioned doored himself onto the deck. You well, teleported yourself. I'm sorry. I should say. Oh, wait, you know where the bridge is? Wait, hold on. No, no. I meant like the deck, like the top of the deck where the um, like the helm. Excuse me, like where the actual like you know like where the captain. Would okay, be. so the outside where the helm is, uh, further up. Yeah. So uh, you have to be able to see that area, right? Yeah, as long as I can see it, it's sixty feet away, and I just just like. Okay. So I, I just want to kind of pause slow time before you get there, because I, I need to cut back to Hedrick, because of what, what's going on, you will inevitably have seen, probably right about as you're ready to pull the trigger, and we'll find out whether or not you can catch yourself on this, because Hedrick, after teleporting himself to the deck of a naval ship, that he did not announce his presence, uh, his intention on boarding, is immediately surrounded by several sailors at arms who are very concerned about this person who is just apparated onto the deck of their naval vessel, as sailors are wont to do. Uh, yeah, no, that would not stop me because I feel like I need to go in there and obviously be part of the conversation. Okay, excellent. So we've taken a tense situation and we've conflagrated it just a little bit more. And now the sailors on deck are on very much high alert. And the rest of you on the dinghy can see that there are many people running around and there is a lot of yelling and consternation 
on the deck of this ship. Remain calm. We are the heroes of Tal'Doria. We were the ones leading the rescue effort. Yeah, what he said. All right. So, um, the, uh, the two of you left on the ship because, um, uh, Frecken and, um, Dilbertrum, well, I, I don't really feel like interjecting on their behalf right now. So, uh, Quinn and, uh, Jarrell, what are you two up to? I'm trying to finish our little joyage. Our joyage? Joyage. Finish our voyage. Yeah, joyage. It's like a joyride in a boat that <laughs> is also a voyage. Check out that joyage, bro. <laughs> Mad joyage. <laughs> yeah, I would say, like, uh, we're waving, like, a white cloth or fabric just to, you know, signal that we come in peace. That is the universal nautical symbol for... It is. You know. That I do know. Also, hey, I'm right here. Although, I don't know I don't know what you would wave yeah. to, like, say, no, we're here to literally, like, thieve you right now. Jolly Roger. A pirate flag. <laughs> I guess. Right. Yeah, so, uh, so we're trying to just signal that we are, we are of no significant... Um, threat to a large naval ship in this tiny dinghy. So, uh, yeah, we will cut back to the ship where um, Hedrick has the point of a sword right up against his throat. A uh, slender but um, average height woman in uh, what appears to be a full military dress uniform in a uh, medium gray um, has uh, the point of a sword at your throat. She is wearing uh, naval insignia, which, uh, if uh, you're familiar with the Navy, would indicate that she is a commander. Uh, she is wearing absolutely no makeup or jewelry of any kind and has her uh, hair cut very close and short. She also has a very angry-looking scar going down her right jaw. Oi! What did you do on my ship? And that's where we're going to end this episode of the Hapless Heroes oh, podcast. Oh, you bastard. You're a bastard, man. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Fine. Dave is asshole. Why Fran hate? <laughs> because Dave is a bastard, man. <laughs> All right, so if you like us, we can be found on the internet. We are in such places as uh, Reddit slash r slash Hapless Heroes Podcast. Uh, let's see, uh, Facebook, Hapless Heroes Podcast, Instagram, and Twitter at Hapless Heroes. All of those places will take you to the crown jewel of our internet presence, our Discord server, where you can talk, meet, hang out with, mildly and gently but not too diff uh, new too intently heckle us at any time your little heart desires it is the best place to come interact with and hang out with us and the best part it's not us it's our fantastic community and they're the people you really want to meet all of those like-minded people who all for some reason against medical advice think i'm funny uh they all hang out there 
Now, if you really like us, though, you can leave us a five-star review on the podcast service of your choice. And we are on, well, if you are hearing us, you have found the podcast service of your choice. And if you leave us a five-star review there, that gives us better visibility so that other people, more like-minded people who think that people like me and people like the rest of us are funny can come find this podcast and have their podcast needs met in this or any time, really. <laughs> now, if you really, really like us, donate to our Patreon. Uh, hap- our uh, patreon.com slash hapless heroes podcast patreon.com slash hapless heroes oh it's just hapless heroes not hapless heroes podcast okay all right uh, and um, you can donate at any level we're not in this for the money but we very much do appreciate it it goes towards uh, covering our costs our hosting costs um, any of our equipment upgrades of which we've had many um, and we'll get to use those again sometime in the future but when we're recording live they make us sound fantastic they're absolutely wonderful and they've come from the support of you guys the listeners that. So you very much had a hand in making a better product here and we very much appreciate you for this. Yeah, and actually, um, for those for those current and uh, former patrons, mark your calendars. June twentieth of twenty twenty, we will be hosting a um, thank you like game night. We're just going to be I, I'm going to be streaming some Jackbox games through our Discord server here, um, and just kind of I don't know. I've, I think I have party packs one, two, four, and six, and I'm going to pick up five with the, some of the money you've donated to us this month. Um, and we'll just play some play some games. Thinking about getting started maybe 1 p.m. Eastern, roughly. Uh, but you know, I'm sure a lot of stuff will be hanging out throughout the day, popping in and out. So you know, feel free come join us. You know, if, you know, if, if, even if you're listening and you know you've donated to us donated to us in the past, we have a still a special Discord server role for you to as, a, as an extra way of saying thank you to you know everything that you've, you've done to help make this show what it is today yeah yeah our patrons you guys really have been like the center of our community and uh we we really do appreciate you and we we want to continue to show you that hell yeah and if you like us right now you love us sally fields and the whole deal um buy a gigantic farm and get all of the different kinds of animals and make them customized outfits for each and every one of the characters and have them perform in entirety the story of the Hapless Heroes podcast. Oh my god. I want Gerald to be a llama. Or Dude, an god, it's like Lord of the Rings meets Animal Farm. <laughs> I feel like Quinn would be a peacock. Uh, yeah. Yes. I mean, 100%. <laughs> I, I, I don't even disagree with that at all. It was either that or some sort of brightly colored fish. Fish? Nah. Peacock. Well, I mean, you know, the whole sea captain thing. Oh, yeah. yeah the aquatic fair. angle, I don't know. But enough digressing. We need to get back out of this episode and get you guys back on with your regular lives. So I'm going to outro our cast in the reverse of the way we got into it. So starting at what would be my virtual left as Hedrick the Entertainer, we have Phil. Oh, hello, Commander. Permission to come aboard. To his left, we have Lord and Captain Quinn Southwind, played by Mike. I wonder if I could take this dinghy along with me. To his left, we have Lord Jarrell the Light, played by John. I hope they're making a good impression up there. To his left, we have the fabulous Felix Fizzlebottom, brought to you by Francesco. Everything is going exactly to plan. 
And my name is Dave, and I've been your host and Dungeon Master for this evening. We'll see you next week when we resolve what happens aboard the deck of this ship. Bye-bye now. Bye. Bye. Goodbye. 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 Clear. Bye.